Hello, you're listening to Straight from the CPA's Mouth. I'm Bethany Hughes, coordinator of the CPA Assist at CPA Alberta, and I will be the host for this episode. With us today is Harriet Tinka, CPA, entrepreneur, life coach, marathon runner, and more. Over the course of this episode, we will be talking about motivation, Harriet's work to empower youth, and her passion for competing in high-caliber marathons and obstacle courses. I heard that future casting is an essential tool for long-term business. According to a recent poll, 48% of Canadians say they are $200 or less each month away from financial Do you think the energy sector is the economy is too dependent on leaves university with considering cloud computing for my business? Filter out the noise. Hear it straight from the CPA's mouth. Welcome, Harriet. I'm very grateful you decided to join us today, and I'm so excited to hear about you and your story and all the advice you have to give us today. So at this time, I want to turn the time over to you to introduce yourself to our listeners and talk a little bit about you and and what makes you feel motivated. Excellent. Thank you for having me here today. I'm really happy that you could have me share my experience as a CPA as well as other related duties, so to speak. So my parents and I... We came to Canada about almost over 20 years, and there were seven of us in the family, and we only had four suitcases. Our goal is to make a difference in our lives, and it didn't matter what we came with. We were just here to get an education. We did get an education. I started off in high school. I went to high school. During that time period, there was a woman who really believed in me and said, have you ever thought about being a model? I had no idea what that was because... Coming from Kenya, that was not even the norm. The norm was uh, there was only three things that you could become. You could either become a doctor, a lawyer, or a failure. Those were the only three options. So being a model was not even an option. It's a very limited pool. (laughs) It was, yeah. So therefore, I negotiated with my parents. Eventually, they said, okay, you can go do this modeling thing. And then when you're done, you have to get a formal education. I became an international model, and I made a lot of money. During that time period, one of the people that really inspired me was the person who was taking care of my money. He was actually an accountant. That was my very first introduction to an accountant. I didn't really know what an accountant was. And there was a lot of things that I learned along the way. He was basically my mentor as far as being an accountant goes. And during that time when I became an accountant, I thought about, I love being an accountant, but I also like giving back to the community. So I opened up my own business called Empowered Me, which is basically about empowering young people to be the truest version of themselves. Now, volunteering is also one of the things that I do, and I'm also an ultramarathon runner. That is quite Mm -hmm. an impressive resume and life experience and journey. So with all that said, with your your past history and your story. On our last episode, our guest Amy Rondo posed the following question for you. What keeps you motivated? (laughs) That is definitely a a very good question. What keeps me motivated is basically making a difference in other people. The more impact I do, especially with the young girls that come to my program, I see the difference in them. And every time I see how well they've come from a place where they didn't think they could do it to a place where they're just rising above expectation, it motivates me to keep going. Just making that impact is my my drive. So how do you know when you're feeling motivated? The feeling that I get, I think when I see 
how far I've come, when I see the people that I've made a difference in, whether it's in my volunteer work, when I volunteer with a women shelter or when I work with young women or when I even work with my employees, putting that dent in everybody's day-to-day life, that motivates me and it makes me validate myself and say, yeah, I'm doing the right thing. You just, you're described as a life enthusiast. So how do you encourage enthusiasm and motivation in others? One of the biggest things that I, I like to tell other people is find your purpose. And how do you do that? Basically, there's a few questions you need to ask yourself when you want to find your purpose. And that is, what is it that you enjoy? What is it that you're good at? What does the world need? And how can you get paid for that? That's important. The most important question. <laughs> That's right. That's awesome. So once you find those four things, it's basic is going to validate what your purpose is in life. And do you have any advice for someone who is going through like a rut in their life? Like, do you have any advice for someone who past tips and tactics no longer work and they need a new area of motivation? The best thing is to basically find out exactly what is it that you love to do. And if you've done whatever you've been doing and you failed, failure is okay. It's basically a red flag to set you. You're going the wrong lane. You need to go back to your lane. And sometimes we do things that we realize, I did that and I didn't. I I don't know. I failed. But that's a way to indicate to you, what did you learn from it? What is it that you need to do to change that? So if somebody's going through a time in their life where they really don't know what they're doing, it's okay. It's, It's really okay. Don't beat up on yourself. Just sit back, reset yourself, and reevaluate what you're doing because you're all going to go through that at one point in our lives. And how do you motivate others as a leader? I motivate them to just be yourself. Don't try to be somebody else. Like, I can't be you, you can't be me. The other thing is dream big. It's free and nobody can ever take it away from you. So your dream can be your dream. I can't say, that's my dream. You can't have it. So I motivate people to dream big. Nothing is impossible. Sky's the limit. Talk to me about Empowered Me, what that is and how it kind of came to be in existence. I decided to open up Empowered Me because when I finished my career in the modeling industry, a lot of agencies would call me and say, come and teach these young girls how to walk, teach them how to do this and that. And that was fine for a while because I was teaching them how to develop themselves on the runway to walk the way they should walk as a fashion model. However, it wasn't enough because some of these girls will never become models because I know a lot of people, men and women, we all want to feel like models, but we don't necessarily want to be models. It's their confidence. So I wanted to instill that to any, especially young girls, because that's really my focus, because that's what I'm really good at. I decided to have an organization where young women can come in, no matter what the level of confidence is, I'll lift them up, I'll empower them to be the truest version of themselves. So in the program, I talk about self-esteem communication, overcoming obstacles, time management, goal setting, money sense, of course, because I am an accountant. And uh, it's not about the investment, it's basically, I've given the basics. Because in schools, I know that because of funding, sometimes they don't get enough time to talk about money management. So when they come to the program, I teach them all those life skills that they are looking for. And I'm so passionate about it. So I enjoy teaching young girls on leadership and as well as self-confidence. That's so key in becoming a leader. And what has the response been from the community and from the youth that you've worked with? 
they are so passionate about it. It's always good to see girls who came to my program who I'm still communicating with. I know there's a girl who came to my program. She's now 16, and that was almost four years ago. And we keep in touch. She comes in as a speaker as well, and she'll talk to the young girls who are in the program. So basically, it's paid back. So they come in after they've done the program. They become lifetime members, so to speak. So just because they finish the program doesn't mean that it's the end of all. So they come in, they inspire other girls, and they tell them, I used to be where you are, but now I'm in a different place. So you have a built-in mentorship program with the program itself then? I do, yes. It's so exciting. Brilliant. And Mm -hmm. how do you feel the, the role of empowerment and seeing this mentorship program in place has affected those who are new to the program? It just gives them hope. One of the biggest thing is they look at themselves, they didn't think they could do it, and they look at themselves and they look at the others who have achieved what they didn't think was possible. It makes the impossible possible for them. So the hope is so key. And with Empowered Me, you specifically focus on empowering young women. Why is empowering mm-hmm. women so important to you? I think women are the... No, I think. I do know women are the core of everything because they're basically left... They have that nurturing thing. I do... And, and to be fair, I do work with boys as well, but they're not really the core of my business. I have boys workshop in the month of July of June on Father's Day as well as our father and son workshops because... In order for us girls to be strong, we need the men as well. They can, they're not separated from us. But my focus is to empower young girls because I think sometimes as girls, we are so hard on ourselves. We put others ahead. And it's so important to have that self-care. It's not being selfish. It's, being self, it's having that self-care within yourself. And when you feel great, it's amazing what you can do with others. So with self-care being not selfish, more like self-preservation and putting yourself in that position, mm. how does Empower Me address those issues, those self-esteem issues and those concerns? We have a whole different strategies that we do talk about. The biggest thing in the self-esteem program that I offer the girls, I just show them what self-esteem looks like. I'll use a treasure box. I'll use things that are visual. I'll give them strategies on how to empower yourself, like even the components of self-esteem, like the feeling of belonging, the feeling of appreciation and accomplishment. Those are really the key components of self-esteem. So I talk about that. I show them how it feels to be empowered and what it feels to be disempowered. They're different. Don't deflate yourself because when you deflate yourself, you're not going to move forward. So I definitely like to let the girls know that it's okay to be where you are as long as you have the tools. That's so important. Did you yourself ever struggle with self-esteem at any age in your progression? Or have you always felt empowered and, and ready to take on the, the world? <laughs> no, actually, um, um, I'll probably be the perfect example of somebody who did not love themselves at all. I was, I was one of those people who did not think I was good enough. I would see others accomplish things. I would feel sorry for myself. I was in a place where... It was really dark. And I said, it wasn't doing me any good. Because once you're down, there's only one place to go, is lift yourself up. And I realized it's not going to be something that is going to help me in the future. So I've fallen down many times. The idea is you fall down seven times, you get up eight. That's part of growth. And what would your advice be to students, parents, other CPAs and professionals to encourage and support youth with that same idea, to help them feel empowered? The biggest thing I would say is have a role model, somebody who really, really believes in you and also believe in yourself and have 
be surrounded by people who support you, people who are going to lift you up. If somebody is a negative to you, just filter them out. You don't need that negative energy. And how can positive role models for young people help them in their lives? It can show me the, it show them the way, like the path. The mentee don't really know what needs to be done, but when they have the role models, show them what is possible. It gives them hope, and then they can just move forward. You recently organized the Me Project. Can you tell me about the Me Project and what led you to create it? Oh, the Me Project! That was so exciting. I had so much fun doing it. I did it with uh, one of my colleagues. My vision was between the age of fourteen and sixteen. A lot of the young girls are not quite sure of what they want to do. So I thought to myself, how can I empower these young girls to know that they are good enough? So I sat down with myself and my colleague Sonia, and we came we came up with the Me Project. So the Me Project was about women who have accomplished so much. We had about I'd say seven speakers come in. They all sat down, and there was it was almost like a round table. So the girls, it was like an intimate event. There was about almost forty girls at the Edmonton Inn. When they left. They all said, when is the next one? Because they all connected, there was networking, not only within the students, but also the speakers. They also networked and they said, we need to do this again because it's good for our girls, because it's difficult at age 14 to really know what you want. And they realized it's okay to not know what you want to do. Open yourself up to different options and see that you can be whatever you want to be, to be as long as you work hard. That's key. You've got to work hard. You can't just sit there and say, I want to be this and it will happen to you. No, hard work is so important. So initiatives are huge endeavors. Mm-hmm. How do your skills as a CPA translate as a business organizer and a conference leader? CPA has actually opened up a whole new world for me. It has given me the confidence and he has given me the business sense to know that this is possible. Being a CPA is it's a very exciting career because anywhere in the industry, they're going to need a finance expert. If, you, if you're the type of person who likes sports, you can be an accountant in that area. If you like to travel, travel agencies always need an accountant. So in any industry you can think of, CPA is there. I always say, this is usually what I say, This is kind of like my logo, accountants where everybody counts. (laughs) I think that's so powerful. I think it is. (laughs) And what makes CPAs the role models and mentors for young Albertans? Everywhere you go, numbers are there. If you want to invest in anything, you need to have that business sense. Accounting is not just about number crunching. Gone are the days when accountants were seen as people sitting behind the desk, with calculators on that ugly sweater. No, that's far gone. <laughs> we are far beyond that. We're, I, I know there's a campaign going on saying accountants are not boring. That's uh, one of the biggest campaign. I think that's a very interesting campaign. However, I always thought it's something that should be exposed all over the world. There's uh, accountants who are, they are, they are not only are they in the fashion industry, there's some who are in the boxing world. I've seen so many different accountants. And when you see, you're like, oh, you're an accountant. People are always shocked when they know that I enjoy working in the fashion industry. I enjoy working with the young people the, as a keynote speaker. They think, oh, how can you be an accountant when you do all that? And I think as an accountant, it opens up to a whole new things. Like Warren Buffy always says, 
if you want to really grow, you need to have different revenues in your, you don't just limit yourself to just being one thing. You can be an accountant in your career and with your career, you can like spread out. Like for myself, being an accountant, I'm also an ultra marathon runner. I'm also a, a football official and I'm also have my own business. So all of those things, my core of everything was my finance sense, my CPA. Just help me grow in different directions. So if I want to move forward, I know that my CPA will get me wherever I want to go. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. We started this episode talking about motivation. I'd like to jump back to that topic and particularly how it relates to your passion and enthusiasm for fitness and racing. You've completed the 125-kilometer Canadian death race. You've completed multiple marathons and Tough Mudders. <laughs> what about these races draws you to them? What, what is it about these specific events? For me, that's the way I reset my whole entire life because I have so much going on. And those people who don't know what ultramarathons is, basically it's any races that are over 50 kilometers. And I have done from 125 to 161. So just to put in perspective. That is impressive. <laughs> well, to put in perspective is basically running from Edmonton to Red Deer. It's like running four marathons back to back <laughs> on top of each other. That's much. very impressive. <laughs> yeah, so the biggest challenge usually what people ask me is, are you sleeping during that time period? And the answer is no, you do not want to sleep because that would definitely set you off the, the course because you have 30 hours to complete the race or sometimes 24 hours depending wow. on the distance. So that basically, it's my reset. Doing ultra marathons for me, it's a way to balance my life because balancing your life is really about, it's about going back and reevaluating what you're doing in, in your day-to-day -day life. So having that part of my life, having the ultra marathons, having the tough matter, having all these really challenging things, to me, it's a mental toughness. That really helps me with that. And I think no matter what you're going through, the mental toughness is so key. I just see myself uh, running. I have done this where... I ran 161 kilometers was the goal, but at mile, at, I, sh I, sh I shouldn't speak in miles, at kilometer 100, I had to pull off because I couldn't finish. And it's very painful because, you know, you only have 61 kilometers left. So you learn so much from doing all these different races. It teaches you failure is okay. You learn from it. You become tough. And you just find something that you're passionate about. It doesn't have to be running. It can be maybe even going for a walk. Maybe that's how you reset yourself. It's about having that healthy mental, that mental wellness. And when did you realize that you wanted to run? When did that obstacle course and marathon and ultra marathon journey start for you? For me, I've always been a sprinter ever since high school. I've always been the one that runs from... 100 meters within a short period of time. And I, I thought about being in the Olympics, but it's too much work. I said, no, <laughs> not that I, it wasn't, I know what the commitment you need. So I decided I was just going to be a, an elite runner, but at the same time, enjoy what I do. And the reason I got into ultra marathons is actually from a bet from a friend of mine. <laughs> she told me, I, because whenever I do something, I commit to do something, I put in 110%. So she thought this would be interesting for me. She challenged me to do an ultra marathon race. race. She said, I bet you can do the Canadian death race. I said, oh, of course I can. In my mind, I thought it was only like a 10 or 20 kilometer race. So I went in, I registered for it. And on the day of the race, it was interesting to eavesdrop on other runners saying, oh, I've been training for the last year. I've been doing this. And I thought to myself, oh my I've only been doing in my day-to-day -day running. And my day-to-day -day running would be basically I run about 100, 100 kilometers a week. 
So I felt that was enough. But the other runners would be talking. They say, oh, I've been running for the last 24 months and I'm quite ready. And I was a bit nervous when I had that. However, I ran with my brother the very first ultramarathon and we were actually the the first team to finish as uh, a two-person team. We were number one. Congratulations. <laughs> so the unknown, thank you. But uh, the unknown can be good too. Sometimes you go in with the unknown, so we just show up and it helps, but I would not recommend it. <laughs> you definitely have to train. <laughs> so you're at a kilometer 100, you're mm-hmm. exhausted, you're tired. These races are not easy by any means. There's mountain terrain, it's all night. Mm-hmm. How do you stay motivated? How do you keep going? It's about progress, step by step. I know each step gets me closer to the finish line. I look at it as just like anything in life. You're going to start working on something. You're going to hit an obstacle. Don't give up. Keep going. If you give up, you're going it, to... It's not easy to give up because when you give up on something, it's permanent and you feel... You have regrets. So for me, when I run all this ultramarathon, I hit kilometer 100 and I've done all I can. I put in 110%. I'm okay with it. I'm okay. I know I put in 110%. I, I listen to myself, to my body, and I say, okay, you only have 61 kilometers that you didn't finish. What are you going to do about it? So next year, I reset back, I go back and see where my strengths were, where my weaknesses were. And the next year, I actually completed it. I learned from my, from my failure. And that's the key, really. Whenever you fail at something, don't give up. Don't be hard on yourself. What is it that you learn from it? Because at the beginning, if you see any race, you always see a whole bunch of people there. As you get to the top, there's fewer and fewer people. The ones that really are determined and driven will get to the top. The view at the top is amazing. It's, it's worth it. So it's worth all the pain. How do people respond to you when you tell them you've done something like the 125-kilometer death race? <laughs> they always think, oh, well, you're kind of crazy. <laughs> how can you do that? They actually admire my drive. They say, I don't know how you do it. And I told them, you too can do it. It's just finding your passion. You don't have to be a runner. Not everybody's meant to do 125 kilometers for 24 hours. And it's, it's something you find your own passion. We all cannot be runners. In fact, one of the things that people are shocked about me is no matter how athletic I am, I can't ride a bicycle. <laughs> so that's my weakness. Maybe one day when I grow up, I'll learn how to ride a bike. I'm, I'm, I have my weaknesses and I have my strength. And I find my strength and I, I work with it. And, and how do the same people respond when you tell them that you're an accountant on top of all the training that you do? <laughs> they actually say, really? Wow, I didn't know accountants were so versatile and they're so, uh, they're like you. I said, no, accounting has come a long way. Just think about what you do in your day-to-day life. Then it validates a lot of things. They realize, well, you know, accounting is not boring. It's everywhere. Everywhere you see there's accounting. So they they're okay with it. And I think perception has changed now. Now I find people really want a good accountant to be beside them. If most of my friends, when they have something going on, they can't decide, they'll call me. I said, oh, you definitely should be calling a CPA like myself to make your decisions. And it's really exciting to be a CPA. And I cannot really, I can't say enough about what CPA has done for me. And Every day I'm grateful that I, I'm an accountant because it, it pushes me to be even better at what I do because I now have that business sense and that's really key. 
how have the experiences and these races and the skills and the training that you've done crossed over into other areas of life? Have you built up any skill sets that you feel have applicable in both worlds? I think the biggest thing that I've found out of everything is the leadership skills. It's prepared me to be a good leader. And of course, leadership is um, it's not a rank. It's really a choice. That's one thing I, I believe most people think that because you're in management, because you're a supervisor, that you're automatically a leader. We're all leaders in our own way. It's definitely not a rank. It's a choice. We all can decide to be a leader. It can be a role model, however you want to advertise it or for yourself. But leadership is about what lid, L-I-D, are you putting on yourself? Because when you're a leader... You have to put yourself at a point where this is as high as I can go. If you put your lid up here, that's as far as you can go. If you lift it up, that's as far as you can go. So basically, leadership is a choice. And I've found having all these different experiences, no matter where I've gone in life, that has been my biggest key. And it's built my self-confidence. Share with us the craziest thing that's happened to you during one of your races. <laughs> I would say probably just recently I did the Sinister 7, and that's the 161-kilometer race. I thought it was actually kind of interesting for myself. One of the things, that it was rainy, it was muddy, and it wasn't a terrain that us runners enjoy. My shoes were muddy. I was walking. It almost felt like I was walking with 50 pounds on my legs. So there I was running. I was probably about 10 kilometers to the next transition area. And I'm walking, and all of a sudden, I see 15 cows. I was like, where did these cows come from? Because they said there would be wildlife. So, you know, you'd expect a bear, you wouldn't be surprised because it's their territory. But there were these 15 cows, they all started staring at me. And they're looking at me, and I'm looking at them, and I'm getting a bit nervous. And I'm thinking to myself, it's about me and the cows now. One of us, something's got to give. So as I'm walking away, they're following me. I'm moving forward. They're following me. I'm like, oh my goodness! I gotta, we gotta negotiate here, cows. What's going on? And there's a fence around me, and I didn't know what to do. I'm thinking, should I jump over one of the cows and pretend it's a, it's a horse? But no, it was very intimidating. So I said, okay, I gotta have. There's gotta be some kind of negotiation. But you can't really negotiate with a cow because it's just staring at you. So as I walked backwards, they came towards me and I'm thinking, oh my gosh. So I thought, okay, I'm going to scream and one of the runners will hear me and surely they'll come help me. So I screamed and I said, somebody help me. But nobody heard me because one of the runners was probably about 10K away or however far it was. And another, another few runners were behind me. So they probably thought I was just having fun. So I ran, I actually went underneath the cow and I think one kicked me. And I just ran as quickly as I can. Somehow I came through and I, the cows started running after me. And then they only ran for like two or three minutes. And then they were, they were like, oh, just a, a silly human being. And they went on their way. Oh, I was so nervous. I've never had that before. I've run into bears, but a cow? My goodness, that was shocking. <laughs> what did you do afterward? <laughs> I, I just, I sat back and I looked behind to see if the cows were going to, you know, run after the other runners. But no, they're off, gone their way. I just shook my head. I had to laugh. I said, who would have thought that running 161 kilometers, you would be attacked by a cow? Not just one, 15 cows. I even counted them. I just thought, life is about laughing at yourself, having a sense of humor, and just... <laughs> Just being yourself, because what what can you do? Like really, you're running and you see these 
it's about unexpected events. And you're going to run into that in life. You're going to run into things that you don't expect. You just got to know how to deal with it. Just have a sense of humor. What would you <laughs> say to someone who says, there's no way I could possibly participate in something like that? Oh, that's just already you're putting a... You, you, you're limiting yourself. Don't put limitations on yourself. If you say that's something you don't want to do, maybe it's not for you. And that's okay. But you need to try something before you make a decision. Unless for health reasons you're not able to do it. When my friends say that, I say, why don't you go run with me at least a two-kilometer race? Just something, you need to set goals that are digestible. Like for you to say, I'm going to run 161 kilometers is totally unreasonable. So when people say that, I say, okay, I'm not going to expect you to run 161 kilometers. I'm going to expect you to commit to doing at least one kilometer. And they're like, okay, I can do that. The next time we do two kilometers. And then you keep growing. Before you know it, you're at 5K. Then maybe participate in a race that has a five-kilometer race. Before you know it, you're doing a 10K, half marathon, and maybe an ultra marathon. <laughs> so it's basically setting short goals. Don't say, oh, I can't do it. I just get rid of the T in the word can't and say, I can do it. So setting small, achievable goals and mm -hmm. building up. Yeah, that's the key. Just lift yourself up slowly by slowly. It's like climbing a ladder. You don't want to take a big step. You want to take step by step and step by step. And you get there with patience. You might fall down a few times, but hey, pick yourself up and just keep on going. That seems like a beautiful moment <laughs> to wrap up today's episode. Straight from the CPA's mouth gets Alberta CPA talking about everything and anything. Here is there a question you would like to ask our next guest? I do. This is a question that I would really like our next guest to answer. At what point should you consider yourself good enough? And Harriet, do you have any thoughts you'd like to add? Wow, that is a good question. I would probably say just be yourself. Be who you are meant to be. Stay hungry, stay foolish. That's one of my very favorite quotes. It's, um, of course, Steve Jobs made it popular, but really the original person who said it was uh, Rashmi Bansal. So stay hungry, stay foolish. By that I mean, stay hungry, don't be satisfied with what you have achieved. Always keep lifting yourself up. Stay foolish is put no limitation. Don't put any limitation in what you can achieve. And just do what you're passionate about. Be a CPA. I love it. There you have it, listeners, straight from the CPA's mouth. Thank you, Harriet, for taking the time to chat with us today. And thank you all for tuning in. Be sure to check out our next episode featuring CPAs exploring when it's okay to be good enough. If you like what you've been hearing from Straight from the CPA's Mouth, please let us know. Send your feedback and ideas for future episodes to knowledgecenter at cpaalberta.ca or leave us a message on our social media. Straight from the CPA's Mouth is brought to you by the CPA Education Foundation. The CPA Education Foundation is the charitable arm of the Alberta CPA profession, providing up to $1.2 million each year in support of business and accounting education in the province. This podcast is just one of many resource materials available through the HESHI CPA Knowledge Centre. This virtual hub features Alberta CPAs sharing their unique perspective and vast expertise on topics and issues such as leadership, finance, entrepreneurship, and more. Visit cpaalberta.ca slash foundation for more information on the HESHI CPA Knowledge Centre and to learn how Alberta CPAs inspire success.